Hello, over here. This week's podcast gives a summary of the framework of the current international call to action that um, we've been working on for the last few weeks, a few of us, and we'll be going out this week in the post. Right, all of the SG UK podcasts to date have been divided into categories, and each category relates to one or more of the key areas of focus listed on the Artwell Foundation website. All of the podcasts and their accompanying articles relate to an Archwell priority area of activity. The largest area percentage-wise of topics contained within the podcasts come under the heading of legal matters, stating areas where the law exists and where there is evidence of a complete disregard to the law when it comes to Harry and Meghan, and no doubt to members of the wider population. All of the behaviour towards the Sussexes and those responsible for the rollout of such activity all comes under the main headings of breaches in human rights legislation. The international call to action centres on a number of areas within that framework. Due to the nature and hostility shown to anyone or organisation who is involved with or supports the Sussexes, it is not wise to give out details of this campaign publicly yet, but it will become public in due course, I am sure. And it will not be a Sussex supporter that brings matters to light. It was clear that no one in the UK could be approached for assistance with this campaign, not least because none of the organisations which are officially known to be there to challenge breaches in the law on a specific area and where one or both the Sussexes and their children have been the target of certain activities have publicly come forward to offer support. As a result, a list of international legal experts and specialists and advocates, authors and elected officials, community groups, doing the work on the ground, along with recognised centres of excellence in human rights legislation based in many countries, will be receiving an information pack over the next three to four weeks, commencing this week. There are other categories of recipients, but this is just to give the audience an idea. It is hoped that some or all of these recipients will begin dialogue with others in this formidable group, and in doing so, create another tier of expertise to liaise with the existing international human rights forums to discuss ways in which current practices can be updated to reflect the growth of such matters as hate groups online and the implications and risks to their practices. And such areas as stalking, harassment and bullying across borders, as well as in the same country as the perpetrators, all need to be addressed. Risk to life is high and increasing, and the knock-on effect to mental health provision globally is huge. News networks will also be made aware of the campaign, 
in as many countries that we can reasonably do so. We already have a group of networks based around the world which will also receive an information pack in this first phase and will add to that group as we go along. As a reminder, here is an outline of the context of the legislation that many of us would like to see implemented for everyone under the law and not a selective few based on privilege decided by people who have a vested interest in the outcome. The context of human rights legislation, the key points. What are human rights? Human rights are standards that allow all people to live with dignity, freedom, equality, justice and peace. Guaranteed to everyone without distinction of any kind, such as race, colour, sex, language, religion, political or other opinion, national or social origin, property, birth or other status. Human rights are part of international law, contained in treaties and declarations that spell out specific rights that countries are required to uphold. Why are human rights important? Human rights reflect the minimum standards necessary for people to live with dignity. Human rights give people the freedom to choose how they live how they express themselves and what kind of government they want to support. By guaranteeing life, liberty, equality and security, human rights protects people against abuse by those who are more powerful. Human rights characteristics are as follows. Human rights belong to all people. Human rights cannot be taken away. Human rights are dependent on one another. Human rights cannot be treated in isolation and human rights should be respected without prejudice. The International Bill of Rights. This is the right to equality and freedom from discrimination. The right to life liberty and personal security, freedom from torture and degrading treatment, the right to a fair trial, the right to privacy, freedom of belief and religion, freedom of opinion, right of peaceful assembly and association, the right to participate in government the right to social security, the right to work, the right to an adequate standard of living, the right to education, the right to health and the right to food and housing. Not only the government, but also businesses, civil society and individuals are responsible for promotion and respecting human rights. You will see on the screen shortly, or if you are 
just listening to the podcast at the moment, you will see the chart in the article on the website, which will appear tomorrow. On this chart, you can see the topics discussed and the general themes of the discussions at each of the podcasts. Note the percentage split of the main grouping. Legal aspects forms the highest percentage with structured group activity, mainly online, but also involving UK media, both printed and televised, all discussing the same topics most days. It is not accidental. The impact on mental health is a growing concern and a higher percentage than the mental health aspects is the value for money of the UK monarchy and its input into and with societal groups deemed to be in positions of power and therefore influencing, etc. The impression is that very few legal experts appear to want to get involved in UK royal business, not least because it is considered that working class people have more to worry about than when rich people fall out. What too many are missing is that it is happening outside and most people cannot afford to take on the establishment and in particular the media. So they suffer in silence or in the case of some individuals, give up altogether. There has been quite a lot of discussion that has taken place around the podcast and one area as part of human rights legislation and its breaches is coercive control. Again, for the same reasons I mentioned at the start, I'm not going to list lots of detail here, but everything stated in previous podcasts is backed up by evidence. And it is my wish that many, if not all, of those people and organisations who will receive the information pack, that they remind themselves of the frameworks and think of the experiences of the Sussexes as a family and not as an affluent family. Let's not dehumanise people because of their access or lack of access to wealth when they are being abused by another or others using a systematic process that has been in place for many, many years. Here is an, ext here is an extract from one aid organisation that we have talked about in an earlier podcast when talking about coercive control. Abusive men are just as likely to be lawyers, accountants and judges as they are to be unemployed. It is about power and control. And that quote is from Sandra Hawley, CEO of Refuge. As someone who has worked with women's groups for many years, including survivors of various forms of abuse, my antennae goes up when I feel that someone is being abused in whatever form and is being maligned because they are prepared to speak their truth. Another example, which is ongoing, relates to Britney Spears. Another situation which has been going on for over a decade and whose voice was ignored in favour of family members who used her money to pay for legal experts to ensure that Brittany had no voice, 
but the abusers continued to profit from her continual earnings for their benefit, not Brittany. Those of you who know my work and publications know that I like to use academic theory and models to help show how many topics can be explained in a user-friendly way. I regard the treatment of Meghan and Harry, Meghan in particular, like that of a person in a violent marriage. The abuser continually trying to erode the self-esteem of their victim and telling them how they could be nothing without them, etc. and to put fear in their minds about leaving. When that victim manages to escape, the abuser then goes on the defensive, trying to justify their actions and ultimately try to make life so difficult outside of the marital home that the victim returns and becomes compliant. And in fact, inevitably, the level of abuse is worse than before. I have used Kubler-Ross Seven Stages of Grief model in the past to show how the British royal family the royal reporters working for the tabloids, but who have an apparently invisible contract with the monarchy, not so invisible now, to always give them positive press coverage. In return, to access to the royals for exclusive scoops, etc. I include government in the analogy, aristocracy and keyboard warriors in the frame. It is a very useful model for a number of things. Though such a thing as post-separation control. It is a form of abuse that a male ex-partner uses to maintain power and control over a woman long after the marriage or relationship is over. Gender can be either. Think of all the groups I have mentioned, particularly the royal family and its partners in the media behaving as though they are trying to keep control over what Harry and Meghan do in life, still desperately trying to cling on to power over their actions. The British royal family never once anticipated that Harry would leave with his family. The aim was clearly to destroy Meghan in any way as it panned out, and if she remained alive, she would get up and walk away. No one thought that Harry would leave too. The next step was to take away their security and to reveal their location in Canada and then again in the USA. Tyler Perry's property. Prince Charles was responsible for the security leak and the details of their location, along with stopping funding early on in the 12-month transition period that the royal family themselves insisted on having in the first place. It seems that Charles was willing to place his own son in danger in an effort to force him home and to secure more years for the monarchy. They would never risk the life to the heir to the throne, but the spare was obviously expendable. What a family. The irony of a black man from an industry that the UK constantly maligns as of no importance, stepped forward and provided security and a home for the Sussexes and sent a private plane to collect the Sussex family from Canada and take them to the LA property is not wasted on me. 
It gives me joy every time I think about it. God bless Tyler Perry, an angel on this earth. Often, when the abuser is in a position of power, the abuse is not physical, not least because of the potential for reputational damage. The control is often psychological and emotional terrorism, which is harder to prove. One example, control tactics using the legal system to repeatedly drag women through expensive litigation or launching a defamation campaign in an attempt to silence or discredit the victim and to preserve the reputation of the abusers. And on that last bullet point, I can think of something that was started a week before the Oprah interview and it's still ongoing and I'm convinced that that last bullet point applies to the parties involved. I'll say no more than that. There is much, much more, but no need to repeat it all today. It is just a way of letting you know that this is happening and that all the activity is contained in the podcast and the accompanying articles in the blog section of my website, all listed in the reference material and in the slides that are part of the podcast. I hope that enough recipients on this list do actually commence conversations with their counterparts elsewhere and move discussions onto action. We have to update processes and procedures and systems, and sometimes the law, to keep up to speed with changing methods and behaviours in society globally. In order for those types of outcomes to materialise, there needs to be discussions which move on to action. Those international legal forums must not be deterred when perpetrators are affluent or not. It is about the abuse and the rights of the abused. All of the activity against Sussexes is in breach of human rights legislation. None of what the Sussexes have done in leaving an abusive environment is against UK or international law. Prince Harry will always remain a prince of a future king and nothing can change that. All this talk of removing various titles is meant to cause emotional harm. Some have been removed and others may be in the future. Removing the dukedom would require an act of parliament. Good luck with that. It requires legislation to remove something from someone who has not broken any laws and has in fact done nothing wrong. Secondly, it will open the door for automatic removal of other statuses of other members of the royal family. And thirdly, this will not be a good look for the UK to the rest of the world. It will be based on vindictiveness and malice merely because a couple express their right to walk away from abuse. There is also a precedent already set 
which will be shortly discussed in a future podcast of Sussex Global UK, where we do have a duke with a dukedom within the United Kingdom, but whose main abode is outside of the United Kingdom. And no one has had a problem with that, and it has gone on for decades. But yet, Harry and Meghan, choosing to leave the UK, has been treated like it's the worst crime ever. And it's not a crime, and people should be able to leave and become independent if they so wish. I have always had concerns about children born into that type of regime, that no amount of wealth can heal or even pretend to look better than what is actually happening. Any other family doing what the royals do to their children would have child services on their doorstep. Child slavery then turns into slavery of adults, and this belief by some media pundits that they have rights to whatever happens inside a woman's womb and who should be there to see the action, etc. It is grotesque. And for other matters relating to children, stretching far back in royal history, one would have thought there is much that the royal family and the media could and should be focused upon. If the royal family cannot function without two people and their child, well, children in fact, who they chased away because of their abuse towards them, then it speaks volumes about the work ethic and popularity and income generation of all the others. I am of the firm opinion, as a non-legal person, that this treatment of the Sussexes is in breach on multiple aspects of Articles of Basic Human Rights legislation. Royal protocol is not the law, and protocol stated in respect of the Sussexes is not written down anywhere, just something expected should happen in respect of the Sussexes only. There is the matter of the actual age profile of the royal family. That has not been managed well. In fact, it's been managed really poorly over decades. The fact that the age profile of that family, more than half, are above the age of 50. I won't even bother to go into, you know, above 75, but they're in that that top half and there aren't that many younger working royals anyway and in terms of the second in line to the throne we're talking about they're likely to be in their 50s 60s if the royal family still exists at that stage to actually become king and queen so the age profile is all wrong. The very fact that the next king will be of an age group 70 plus it seems madness to me. I actually don't see the purpose of the royal family at all. But if we're going to have one, I don't see any merit in someone moving into the role of monarch and deciding to only leave it when they stop breathing. That makes no sense to me. 
I don't see why you would still be doing something in your 90s and the next person in line is already in their 70s waiting to take over. The whole thing just does not work for me at all. It just makes no sense. You wouldn't do that in business and they should be operating like a business. They're not operating like a family anyway. So I, I really don't see the merits of this approach and the way that Harry and Meghan have been hunted down, treated like prey, like slaves gone bad, because they chose to move away, makes me wonder if two people moving away can garner all this attention, and they still do, and rightly so, because they deserve it, they have done nothing wrong, then how come all the others who were left behind, that we were told prior to the Sussexes leaving the UK, were the future of the UK monarchy. How come all of them combined don't garner that level of interest, let alone one or two of them? And yet they managed to chase Sussexes out. And prior to that, we're telling them, certainly telling Meghan, most days on breakfast TV, why don't you go back to the USA? Apart from being extremely rude and so unprofessional, when Sussexes actually did that, all the attention that the royal family thought they would get and the spotlight which they said they wanted and that should shine brightly on their airs and no one else. The majority of the attention and focus went with the Sussexes. So you've got all these people ageing through no fault of their own. Most of them are not working roles anyway, but are still receiving taxpayer money. But that's another subject for another podcast. But they're all there, and really and truly, the Queen is the most popular, and the rest, I don't think, really feature that much. That should be a worry to them. And all the attention, so far, has been directed at Harry and Meghan, and the abuse and the breach in human rights has been directed at Harry and Meghan, and it is still continuing, even though they're on a different continent. That in itself is also a breach, and I hope that that will be addressed in due, to- in due time and course.